Yo, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for clicking on the podcast. I will make my intro very short this week because I actually received a little bit of feedback on the podcast that uh, maybe the intro monologues are not all that appreciated. That feedback came from a one Ryan Elizabeth Bouchard Guglielmo. Um, she told me, she was, she was not that mean. She just said, maybe they're a little long. She said two minutes, keep them to two minutes. She goes, if you have a lot to say, maybe five minutes. She said, but I loved your interview with your aunt Kim. And well, I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to have to wait 14 minutes for it to start. I said, you know, there's a fast forward button on these things, but not that I'm trying to encourage that, but I mean, I do it. You know, I listen to Mark Marin. He monologues 10-15 minutes every episode. I usually fast forward to about the 10-minute mark to get to the interview on that one. So, anyway. Uh, What she said, though, was so funny. She says, "Uh, Polly, I said, yes, my love, my sweet, um, the owner of my heart, the love of my life. Yes, yes, sweetheart. She said, I have a little feedback. I said, oh, okay. She said, "Uh, it's about the podcast. I said, okay. She said, I'd like to give you a criticism sandwich. I said, hey, listen, all I heard was sandwich. I'll take it. She said, um, this was so funny because then she goes, maybe the beginning can be a little shorter. And I said, okay. Then I paused. She went, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't, I just don't need the beginning. And I went, you know, that's not how a criticism sandwich works, right? You're supposed to say something nice, then not nice, then nice again. She says, oh, I know, but I just, I wanted, I couldn't think of a good way to tell you that I don't like the intros to your podcast. I said, okay, point taken. We'll keep it to two or three minutes from here on out. And I see I've already crossed the two minute mark on this one. So I'll shut up. I will shut up and I will get to the interview. Chef Joe Zolniarowski. You know him as the guy who really put Nosh on the map uh, after doing Nosh for a couple of years. Switched over and became the old Pueblo Grill guy. Still the Nosh guy, too. We'll talk about that a little bit in this podcast. I mean, they're connected to each other, for God's sakes. Have similar ownership groups, etc., etc. Anyway, Chef Joe's only Arowski, old Pueblo Grill, OPG. Get down with OPG. Yeah, you know me on the podcast. By uh, asking you this, are you how vaccinated are you right now? You're not at all. You got talking to the mic. You're not. Did, did you just not want to go or what? Uh, aren't yeah, you eligible? You're a restaurant. I am now. eligible now. Yes, yeah. I uh, have made the decision to not do it yet. 
Um, I'm looking to wait for a while to where I feel like I feel you wanna, safe. You want to see if I get an arm growing out of my butt? Is Absolutely. I'd rather have it come out of your butt than mine. <laughs> I'm going to keep my mask on. Now. <laughs> I'm, I'm two. I've got both mine. Oh, good for you. And, and uh, I just had my second one a couple days ago. And yesterday, it's true. I felt like shit. Yeah. It happened. Oh, I bet. So, yeah. we, you know, throughout the restaurant, there's a lot of uh, cooks and people who have gotten all their vaccine shots. And the same thing they've said is the second one is really rough on you them. You get a day. You're down for a day. It yeah. Happens. I mean, it's been various things from like, you know, fever, body aches, muscle pains, you know, stuff like that. But uh, nothing too severe, which is great. They've been able to rebound from it from, a, you know, within a day. Yeah. Which yeah, that's great. it. It yeah. comes on fast. It goes away fast. Yeah, now I feel good. Now I feel like I can go out into the world and, and be myself again. I, I have to admit. Do you really feel that safe, though, because you got vaccinated? Um, it, God, we got to get all controversial. I'm going to get deep with this. I'm going to give you the reason why like, I chose I, not to so far. Joe, I never really felt all that worried to begin with, but I did feel an obligation to the people around me. That was where I was coming from. Okay, that is okay. a respectful decision, and that's what I do respect. I mean, this is America. You can choose to do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like this. is I chose not to because I try to do my best job possible of not going anywhere, um, living a, a kind of secluded life right now. I, you know what? Like I do it because I choose to be cautious for other people like you are getting vaccinated i choose to kind of just not involve myself so much yeah i try to protect the businesses by adding an extra layer of accountability so if you know my my fiance goes to her dad's house i don't go she goes but i don't go so when she comes back she if anything was ever happened she was directly you're a genius exposed but i wasn't why didn't you talk to me a year ago you mean i could have gotten out of going to my (laughs) in-laws house No, I love my in-laws, man. I love my family. And that's been a tough part is not seeing my family. It, it, it has. But you know what, man? It, this, is, this is like the, the fad that's not going to go away for a long time. This is like forcing you to diet and doing it the right way, changing oh, your lifestyle rather than just a quick fad. You masks know what I mean? for life? You think masks are around for life? I think it's going to be a decade before somebody says that you don't have to do it. Yeah. I hope that I'm wrong. Yeah. I hate wearing these things, man. I, these things are horrible. I can't imagine that we're ever going to live in a world again where zero people are wearing masks. Are you going to ever go to a birthday party and watch a kid blow out the candles again and feel safe? No, I will admit that used to gross me out even before. It did. Hell it, yeah, it did. Yeah, when it did. some four-year-old would go. <laughs> 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 you know, I feel the same way. You know, it's, it's changed a lot of how I view everything in this world and how, like, kind of careless we were. Um, you know, we were all scared of getting the flu, but not to the point where we thought we were going to die from yeah. it. I mean, that's the biggest thing is like they made everyone feel like you're going to get this. There's going to be severe uh, symptoms. You take the possibility of dying. And it's like nobody wants that. So I understand why people are getting the vaccine. But for me, it's like this keeps me on my edge. I try to practice good hygiene every day. I try to practice good food handling. I try to practice good hygiene, sanitation, wash my hands, don't touch my face. And you know what's great about this whole thing about the vaccination is, like you said, you feel like you can rejoin society normal again. Yeah. You're going to get to the point where they're going to say, if you have a vaccination, you can probably take your mask off or be closer to somebody. Okay, that's great. But while I'm still practicing the original rules of washing my hands, keeping my, bit, my distance and everything else, it keeps me more focused. I don't want to say that once everyone gets vaccinated, people are going to loosen up their thoughts and their actions every day. But there's a chance that people are going to maybe not wash their hands as much because I'm vaccinated. Okay, I'm not going to wear my mask here because I'm vaccinated. There's going to be so many different things that they're going to do that might 
take into consideration that things might go back to the way they were. People are going to get loose with who's going to who's going to be the first one to have the balls to walk into Wegmans without a mask on. Dude, I don't know. I don't. Ha- I'm not it. I want to be. I want to be their friend, though. I'll wear a mask forever. I'd be jealous because I'd love to walk around without my mask. But just like you, I'd do it, even though in my heart I feel like it's <laughs> a scam. I still do it to be respectful for people that yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. It. And I'm I, I'm big on respect. Yeah. And I that's get that. that's the tough thing because yeah, so, like I I will if I will change my life in order to respect others yeah. to a certain degree. Well, you're so you're allowed basically you have full control over one human being in this world, and his name is Joe, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so, but and it's I think it's the right move to be like, look, I can make Joe's decisions, but I can't make your decisions, so I'm going to respect that and meet you halfway, and e- that's great. And that's the that's best great. I can do. Yeah, is still be respectful, still be you know somewhat. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm um, sitting here with a celebrity. Um, apparently, so this happened this morning. So we're out at my joint right now, Craft Cannery. Do you want to say why we're out here yet or not? Like people aren't going to know. No, they're not going to know. I've been keeping a secret because I don't want anyone to, no. I don't want to get in trouble. <clears throat> I don't want to get sued, Paul. No problem. So uh, on the way here, though, one of my guys comes in and he goes, he goes, uh, hey, I just heard you on the radio. And he said that just literally, like just this morning, you're here. And meanwhile, he's listening to the radio on the way in, and they're talking about Old Pueblo Grill and you on CMF being voted number one for takeout. Is that what it was? So, from what I understand, Old Pueblo Grill got voted for uh, like number one in a ranking of like what twenty five, I believe, for mm-hmm. like best options for takeout. Uh, I don't know if it was calculated from like Yelp and like the schematics of. I don't know how it works. There's an algorithm that says, "Hey, by the way, Old Pueblo Grill, you're kicking ass." You yeah. Know? Um, Do you feel like you're kicking ass? No, man. This pandemic takes away all those feelings, to be honest. The mm-hmm. the best feeling you have is that you're doing okay and you're surviving. Yeah. There, there's no, like, gloating. There's there's nothing but humble pie sitting in front of you every day. You're just hoping that you're going to keep the doors open, people are going to keep their jobs, and customers are going to be somewhat satisfied of eating old food. And I hate to say it like that, but it's true. Yeah. We know that from the point in time it gets made to the point in time they're going to consume it, it's probably 15, 20 minutes, man. It, well, 15, 20 sometime. I mean, are you Grubhubbing yeah. and all that stuff or no? Listen, I, yeah. You I can go full controversy. I, on this I hate Grubhub. <laughs> I don't and I'll keep you. it real. I hated Grubhub <laughs> yeah. um, as a company, as a model of what they stood for. I just, I use DoorDash. And they seem to be a little bit better. The drivers are better, okay. more respectful. The, you know, was it just a, a, a cut thing, like who was getting a bigger cut, or just DoorDash? No, it had actually... nothing to do with money. It was all about just quality. So, well, because Grubhub, I have definitely waited an hour and twenty minutes and received cold food. And you know why? Is because they picked your food up after fifteen minutes and sat in the parking lot, waited for the next order to come, so they yeah. could be more efficient with their job. Yeah, yeah. And, and quite frankly, Joe, like I. I know that that's not your fault, and right. this didn't happen with your joint. But I'm just saying, yeah. I don't blame the restaurant for that. I know exactly what happened. Okay, but, but you some also have don't. exactly yeah. you have a little bit more insight of the business and what yeah. it, it what goes on with it. A lot of people assume that it could be our fault. It's our quality of food or product that we're putting out. And I'm big on I, I dude. Everyone knows that I'm associated with National Pueblo Grill. My name is plastered on both platforms for social media for whatever else, and it's like. I want to sleep at night knowing that I'm trying to give the best quality product that I can, man. And when you take it out of your hands and give it to somebody else that you don't even know, it's tough to sleep at night knowing that. And, you know, we didn't get a lot of complaints, but we've seen the problems. We've seen the driver sitting in the parking lot for an hour waiting for the next order after telling them, listen, take the food. Asking them or asking them to hold on that we would remake the food for them to not take an hour old food, you know, and they would still do it. And it's just like, I can't stand behind that. So we got rid of them. 
Uh, we were looking into doing our own delivery um, setup on our own. Uh, we're still currently looking and trying to figure out the logistics of some things. But it's just you got to hire, but then you got to pay insurance and shit. You know, insurance, and you know, then you got to worry about the drivers, your employees. It's like yeah. the whole mess already. And we all know how hard it is to find employees right now for the restaurant industry. Yeah. It's it's yeah. tough, and I'm sure it's like that beyond the restaurant industry. It is. Yeah, yeah. People are yeah. looking. Everybody's looking. Um, some of my uh, counterparts in in the business I'm in. We've talked to each other saying, are you finding anyone? Because I'm Dude, not. Dude, we have all pooled together as chefs and business owners in this town and communicated to the fullest extent of trying to find people. I mean, listen, if I have something that might not be a good fit for me, I'm sending them somewhere else if I can't take them. But I'm looking, I was looking for anybody and everybody for a minute. And then when you do find, you got a couple stars, I assume? You got a I got a stars. lot of rock stars, man, that have been with me since the, the openings in Nosh and people that have worked so with So give me fire. some advice. Business owner, business owner, when you recognize you have a rock star, how do you keep them? You know what's funny is like I realize now more than ever, it's not even about the money. You can pay somebody a lot of money, but they can still be a miserable yeah. person and human being. It's about acknowledging their hard work. And th- sometimes it's just more attaboys, you know, more like n- like normally you'd go like a month without saying, hey, great job with this. Now it's like you're trying to take the time to make sure they understand you're witnessing what they're doing. Because I think now they feel a little bit like, I hope they appreciate me because I could be sitting at home collecting unemployment right now and making the same amount of money. But then when you show the appreciation, it seems like that's paying off. But I got some guys, man, I've been dragging through the mud for the last few months because this has been tough. And they're the ones standing behind me. And to be honest, I can sit here and say, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, man. Why are you guys still showing up to yeah, work? I, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm like, dude, like some, some, some got dealt a bad deck of cards, but right now that's what it is. And no. Some of them just had pride to have a cause every day. Like, yeah, we can take the easy money, but you don't have a purpose. You sit at home, you collect the money, but you don't have a purpose. Well, plus there's something addicting about the restaurant industry, don't you think? Sure. I mean, isn't there just a drug that comes with working on a Saturday night in the weeds? It's like the adrenaline. Yeah. It's like the danger. It's There's like a lot of things that restaurants, I think, uh, supplement to the body what drugs can do too. Yeah. And I think that like literally it's the rush. Yeah. It's yeah. the rush of not wanting to fail, to do great, to succeed in, in hard times. It's like, it's like instant gratification of like the struggle and then like the, the successes. It's, it's like that. So how much time are you spending OPG these days versus Nosh? <clears throat> well, to be honest, I've been focusing a lot more on Nosh because during the shutdown, we went to takeout only. So we had to absorb and lose some staff and keep some staff. So yeah. I did my part to make sure that I ensured that we we're going to, you know, go off without a hitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I spend more time with Nosh hands on, but I do more stuff behind the scenes for Old Pueblo. Right. So I have a great team over there that really can manage the restaurant on the physical aspect. And then I worry about like products, you know, um, moving forward with the brand, you yeah. know, sauces and, and different yeah. things like that. I don't that. know what you're talking about. That's all a big secret. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, I do a lot of the behind the scenes for Old Pueblo. I do the emails. I'm trying to work on getting these catering things together to where we can start doing large format takeouts for people because we get a lot of requests for that. So I'm trying to tidy up loose ends because I eventually want to expand and do more Old Pueblo grills. And, you know, I want to do all these things. Yeah, so, I'm glad you said that because you had mentioned that. And I can't see a world where that doesn't work out. And last time you were here, I was comparing you. And I hope you th- see this as a compliment because I mean it so genuinely as a compliment to the guys that are doing Nantastic. Oh, yeah, they're great people. Those guys are like, honestly, AJ was just here yesterday. Those guys are freaking geniuses and you remind me of them old pueblo grill 
it can be just like Nantastic. Just you know, there should be one in. Um, what, let's get one on the east side. Let's get one on the west side. You already, you're already downtown. And then here we come, Buffalo and Syracuse. Man. Yeah, I mean that's that's down the, that's down the pipeline. I'm hoping. You know, we want to just. I don't want to be too big. I'd like to keep it to where I can still have my hands on everything, yeah. and still see because you know I, I care about it a lot. It's named after my hometown. It's not like just a normal restaurant or whatever. It's just like, I don't care. Like I just want to make money. It's there's more to it. Yeah. Um, it's is it, you're from Old Pueblo. I'm from, from Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Tucson, Arizona. But so Old, old Pueblo, Pueblo just means no- old city. My old city. Yep. That's it. So it's and and the fair. What you serve your food is like Tucson. Tucson, po- Southern California, like Sonoran style Mexican. Um, a lot of the stuff was developed in California. A lot of the stuff was given from the Native Americans. I mean, you're mm. talking, it's a wide variety of people and things, man. Um, we're about the same age, just about. By the way, happy birthday to you. Ah, a couple uh, days. I'm almost there, man. Um, we're the, the same age for three more days, right? Well, yeah, yeah. But we're about the same age, which means we were uh, in high school probably listening to some of the same stuff. Absolutely. Do you remember Ghetto Cowboy, Bone Thugs and Harmony? I'm on my way to Tucson. Arizona. Yep. Oh, dude, anytime Tucson would get a shout out from a country music artist or a rap artist, it was like the best thing ever, man. You know, like I look at this hat I'm wearing right now. So this is a brand in Tucson. It's Rep Tuck. So this is like produced from a designer there in my hometown. And I actually reached out to them and I was like, I'd love to buy your hats. Do you ship them to New York? He's like, we don't, but I'll make it happen. And uh, there's something that the back says. The underestimated city. And so like growing up in a small place like Tucson, you feel like it's so small, even though it had a population over a million, you still felt like it was still small. And you felt like you were never noticed by anyone. And it was but we've just, all heard. Everyone's heard of Tucson. You've heard of like, it, but what do you, Polly, what do you think Tucson is? Explain to me, like, visually what you think right, Tucson is. hold on, is. hold on, hold on. I'm going to give you my real answer. If you give me a cowboy and some saguaro cactuses and some, like, dirt... <laughs> I'm going to laugh at you, man. All right. Here's my actual answer for Tucson, Arizona. Okay. If you, uh, I, I'm so embarrassed, but I'm going to give my real answer what I think. When that's I hear good. Tucson, Arizona, literally what I think is, Arizona, that's where Phoenix is. I wonder if it's near Phoenix. <laughs> it probably isn't. It's probably like a smaller Phoenix. That's literally what goes through my head. Yeah. I mean, you're not lying, though. I mean, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> that's Phoenix true. Phoenix is probably an hour away from Tucson. Um, that is closer. That's and actually kind of It's a wannabe Phoenix, I guess. But it's its own <laughs> special thing, man. Like, so... Tucson is surrounded by like, I want to say six or seven different mountain ranges. It's in a valley. Um, So you have the diversity of climate, um, even ecosystems, everything. It's a very cool place. So imagine like an April day. You can choose, or March, you can choose to go to the mountains, which is an hour away. You can go up there and probably at that time still snowboard or ski or whatever you want to do. Get back down to the valley, barbecue in shorts, get in your truck, drive one hour and go to a lake and then go wakeboarding come back, and then be able to camp out underneath the stars in moderate weather. That is pretty cool. So you have everything from mountains to, like, the desert flats or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's very cool, man. And, like, that was the best part about growing up out there is, like, everyone thinks it's desert, yeah. you know, just cactus. dirt and cactus and, like, I don't even... I, the roadrunner. He's running around somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Tumbleweeds <laughs> and shit. Now, don't get me wrong. There's parts of it that are like that, which are pretty cool. But uh, you have a lot of cool spots that are totally different. You're talking... 10,000 foot elevation mountains. You got to drive five hours from here to get to some place like that yeah. in the Adirondacks. There yeah. you're within an hour and you're up there where you can't even breathe regular oxygen because it's so thin. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, so Tucson's a very underestimated city as far as like back then of like what it produced as far as cooks, restaurants. But I mean, there's so much to do there. Yeah. And I miss it. And would you eventually dream come true when OPG goes in Tucson as well? No, not at all. No? Listen, I can be 100% 
honest with you is yeah. that the only reason why this works so well out here is because in, there isn't a hundred of these things around me. So there's a hundred OPGs in Tucson. I mean, I took different things from maybe 10 different places and put it together in one. So, you, so this is so cool to me because I figured that, right? So OPG really is just like your, your, your restaurant. And I mean that from the standpoint of like as a customer. You're yes. like, this is the restaurant I want to go to. Yeah, because I that. took like my favorite things from different restaurants that I go to in Tucson that I'd have to drive like to five different spots. I put it all together in one because I didn't have any of that out here. Yeah. So, like I said, it works well in Rochester because it's in Rochester. Yeah. In Arizona, it's like, it's whatever. Imagine opening up a hot dog place out here. Is that a good call? Probably not. <laughs> right. Because why? There's a thousand places like that. Or how about we open up another Italian restaurant when there's like 500, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like the reasons why certain things work are what, you know, keeps them going. It's like. When it's, people say things like, oh, Old Playable Grill, it's a, it's a high end or a better Chipotle. Uh, are, you, uh, are you complimented or insulted by even being in that? Anytime that, that you're referred to with a major brand that's super successful and multi-billion dollar company how could you be mad about it i mean it because i do think people mean that as a compliment because i I mean you know if everyone's gonna be like oh it's like a shittier version of chipotle like oh man that sucks well i got a couple employees none of the guys are here right now you no, you won't see them today. But uh, they said to me one time, they, they were leaving here, and they're like, we're going to go to Chipotle. They're young. You know, well, let's go to Chipotle tonight. And I know they live near you. And I go, you guys never been to OPG? And they went, and they came in the next day, and they were like, fucking blew my mind, bro. Oh, that's awesome. That's never good even knew it was there. They were like young, you know. Yeah, they were yeah, like yeah. 22 years old or something. Well, but. you know what, man? Like, that's the thing is, like, I don't mind being compared to anybody because that's what we do. I mean, listen, I wasn't the one that created the burrito. Am I going to be mad to be compared to somebody else that makes yeah. a burrito? Well, I can't be that upset about it. Right. I mean, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, if you're going to compare me to somebody, compare me to Chipotle. I'd love to be the chairman of Chipotle or the CEO who's sitting at the top thinking, like, wow, this is a great concept and brand 20 years ago. So let's talk about what what makes you, though, because OPG is obviously, it's just, it's on all cylinders, right? People fucking love OPG. But what is it? What is the magic chemistry? Because the food is good. Okay, we got that. But like you just said, you've also got some ambiance going on. You've yeah. got a great location. I mean, what is the magic combination of things that made it just such a home run? If you would have asked me this back in March of last year before coronavirus, I would have said it's the environment. I would have said it's like the vibe you get when you walk inside there. Yeah. Uh, you asking me a year later after being completely closed down to the general public and doing only takeout. Now I have to rely on the fact it's the food. Yeah. Well, it obviously is yeah. the, food, the food too, but you know, it's, it's, I think it's all kinds of things and your food. It's not like, you know, there's some, okay, let me, I, I'm skipping through eight different thoughts. I, I was in Fort Lauderdale a couple years ago with Brother Wee's, and okay. we were kind of talking about what makes a good restaurant. And you see shitty restaurants with amazing locations yeah. going gangbusters. And it's just because they're on the beach in Fort Lauderdale. And so I feel what like if- we're like the opposite. We're like <laughs> in some like tucked in warehouse in like yeah. an area that's up and coming and you know, people are driving to it and questioning whether or not to keep the doors locked. I have to imagine places in other words, what I'm trying to get to is you have a lot of shit going on for you and the food is backup. So when it, when you had to rest on your laurels during the pandemic and it just came down to is your food good or not, you were like, no problem. That's my bread and butter. I feel very confident about the quality of food that will always carry on the, the business. Yeah. But I think that, you know, also playing a role in the community, um, trying to be out there and showing support for local other local businesses, trying to, you know, show, show support for, you know, just all kinds of people is very helpful, man. You try to show the community that you're there for them and they'll show it right back. And yeah. I think that that's done well for us in both the places between Nosh and Old Pueblo Grill. Um, I feel like the branding is pretty cool. It's in your face. And I yeah. feel like, you know, there's a lot of unique factors that 
other people don't bring. We give a shit about the littlest detail. Do things slip through the cracks? Absolutely. Everywhere, by the way. Absolutely. But well, I own it and I take responsibility for it all the time. Yeah. You know how many times that I've gotten a compliment because I personally reached out to somebody because they were not happy with their food or they didn't get their side of guacamole or, you know, it was greasy, you know, whatever you can imagine. And I've reached out personally. I was like, listen, I'm so sorry. Let me get you a gift card. Let me just make this right. You ever driven to someone's house? I haven't done that yet. I, I've actually driven. I would, I, but I would. Absolutely, I would. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I believe you would. Yeah. I've, I've actually driven jars of sauce to people's houses before because I got an email saying something like, oh, I got it home and the, the lid was popped, which means that there was mold inside, right? Yeah. And so I'll be like, I'll be right there. Yeah, yeah. What's your address? You just want to fix it. You want to like, make it right. I'm like, please let me fix it. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to sleep at night knowing there's even one person out there. Even though you sell, like, probably thousands of jars of sauce every day, you're still like, I Not don't want day. one person to, like not be happy right right exactly. to where you'll drive and like that's the thing is i stay up sometimes till two or three in the morning going through yelp going through these different things with leaving messages and it's like sometimes you just it just beats you up and sometimes it, it brings you up and it's it's a tough balance people have heard you learn me to talk like about. not take it so personal when it's negative and also not to take it too much to your head when they're so positive you dude you're talking my language i talk to everyone about this i call it the entrepreneurial roller coaster T- yeah. confirm or deny for me, but I think you've just confirmed. Tell me that this life is not the highest highs and the lowest lows constantly. So, okay. I will agree with that 100%. Yes. And you know how like we just talked about like why people are addicted to working in the restaurant industry because of the highs and the gra- instant gratification. It's the same, I've realized, being like a small business owner. Because you, you're pushing a product, a brand, and you're doing all these things, and it's like you feel so good when everything goes right and people are happy, and then when they're not happy about it, you feel like you just failed the entire planet. Yes. Like your sauce or my whatever, it was like going to crush an entire city if it didn't go right. And it's so silly, but it's like you care about it that much because you, know, you have everything on the line. You put everything yeah. on the line to make it right. Everything on the line. And you can, in the same day, it's not even day to day. It's in the same day. I can go from convincing myself that this is, uh, we're, we're destined for greatness. Yeah. And in the same day, I can go, this could just all fall apart tomorrow. Yes. Like, you know, like every single day I'm like, oh. Lord. And then you throw in the mixture of the occasional day of like, I'm hoping this falls apart so I don't have to deal <laughs> with this shit anymore. And then you're like, well, I hope this goes really well so I can do good where I don't have to do it anymore. It's like there's so many things that you think about, but it's, it's, it's the truth, man. Like the explanation of the, the highs of the high and the lowest lows, it's like, you got to find something more stable sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? On your way here, you were, uh, you were being interviewed. So like yeah. I said, I'm talking to a celebrity right now. Well, I don't know about you that. Spent, you got into our parking lot and then you spent the first few minutes sitting in the parking lot yep. talking to the newspaper. Yep. To who I believe is Rochester's actual number one foodie influencer, Tracy Schumacher. She's great, man. She's a, she's great. And she, the best thing about her is she'll keep it real with you. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like she'll oh, tell yeah. you. She'll, you can tell when she thinks you're full of shit. Yeah. Or you're actually giving her some good content. No, she's like, a real journalist. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. not full of fluff. She's a real journalist. She asks sure. the good questions, not just the shit that she thinks people want to hear. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember this one time. Like, well, actually, it was when I was leaving radio. It was a year ago at this time. I'm leaving radio to do this. I contact her ahead of time. I sort of give her the quote-unquote scoop, right? Yep. And she writes this story. We do this great interview. She writes this story. And then I was like, hey, you know, do I, do I get a chance to see it? She's like, no. You'll see it when it prints. I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> you know, what's funny is so we were talking about, I don't know, you know, what I'm going to discuss. But we were talking about a topic. And it came down to the point where I was like, Tracy, you have my number. You could have called me if you weren't able to get a product from one of my restaurants. And she was like, I'm not that person. 
I was oh, like, right. if I'm sold out she's and not. you call me, yeah. I'll make it happen. She's like, I'm not that person. No, she's not. And she and won't take like, it for free. Yeah, either. man. So it's like, like, you don't find very many people that will no. be influenced in that level. And she, she was ethics. just like, oh my God, what the hell is that? Right? <laughs> she actually yeah. has real journalistic ethics. I, I know, man. So it's always a pleasure to talk to her. You know, I always try to keep her in the loop and everything going on. Cause Can we talk about the subject matter? Because this, this, what you and I are doing, doesn't come out for about a week and a half. So that might come out before this, I would assume. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. yeah. So it's not like we're going to scoop what she's talking about. Because I find the actual topic interesting. There's yeah. this t- super new trendy taco or something. I hadn't even heard of yeah, this. Yeah, the Birria what is it? taco. What's Bi- it called? Birria. It's like, it's spelled B-I-R-R-I-A. Birria. Yeah. Birria. So okay. basically, it's like, imagine a French dip in a taco form. Okay. So you make something crispy, and then you dunk it in some liquid and make it soggy, and then you eat it, and you tell the world about how great it is, and you take Instagram pictures of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like phenomenal. Where did it start? What is this? So from what I understand, it's like a real traditional thing in parts of Mexico, and there's variants of it from between using goat and lamb and beef, depending on the regions of Mexico. Uh, from what I understand, it started in Jalisco, Mexico. Where that is in the map, I have no clue. No, me neither. Listen, man, I don't get paid to know It's that like stuff. south of Tucson by like an hour. <laughs> yeah, throw a rock and then go that direction for an hour and throw another rock and go another an hour. <laughs> My geography, I'm pretty sure it goes Texas, Arizona. Then there's like Mexico. I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> Brazil's in there somewhere. Listen, man, I used to spend a lot of nights in Mexico. It was great. I grew up in <laughs> Tucson. It was like 70 miles away from the border. You get to drink when you're 18 years old. I mean, what else do you want? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so this whole taco thing that's been a trend now for, shit, it's been over a year now. It's been, you know, hitting pretty hard in the city. And people have been, like, jumping on and doing doing their version of it. And it's kind of cool. Um, but, you know, my biggest question, you know, when I was asked about what my thoughts on it are, you know, I, dude, I can't invest my entire business plan on one product. And I don't want to be known for my entire business on one product. So you don't want to put it permanently on your menu? Is it will never saying? be permanently on my menu, no. You Even it though it would make me a lot of money and people would pay it and I'd fill the doors. Like when I do, when I did Bidia for any special occasion or day or whatever, like it would bring in probably 30% more business. Jesus. Now from a business owner, if you did something that would give you 30% more business, wouldn't you do it? Yeah. So what's okay. the, what is it that you just, you just don't like because it's trendy and you think it's going to go away? I don't mind with trends. I don't mind hopping on with that whole thought process, but to... To support a business, I feel like you have to have diversity. That's like, Paul, if you're just going to have one type of sauce. That better be the best damn tomato sauce that beats out anybody in this whole entire country. Right. Bottom line, one right. sauce. Right. Do you want to be known for one sauce? No, we couldn't, we couldn't do it. Right. You need yeah. the, the mix of the varieties in order to supply business. Well, yeah. if you get known to just do that one thing, what's left when yeah. that stops being a trend? And people are like, I've had enough of these damn queso birria tacos. Yeah. I'm tired of dipping a crunchy taco into some liquid and making it soggy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what do you got now? You got to replace it with the next trendy thing, and exactly. then what do you stand and then what for? Do you, and then what are you going to do at that point? Yeah. Like yeah. my name of the restaurant is Old Pueblo. It represents who I am, where I'm from. Yeah. Guess what, man? I'm going to represent that shit to the day I die. Now. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to disrespect my hometown by just focusing on one dish. I try to give them a, a, a. You know, I got the Sonoran hot dogs. I got the Indian fry bread or the Navajo fry bread. I got chimichangas. All those things are local to Tucson, man. I mean, the California burrito is obviously not. You don't got to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. Yeah. It did not come from Tucson, Arizona. Where did that come from, the California? You know, I'm trying to figure it out. I think it was a place called San Diego. <laughs> but how many people out there think the Caesar salad came from Italy? 
I couldn't tell you in a million years where it comes from. Tijuana. Okay. It was developed in Tijuana, man. All right. I'm not a chef. I don't, yeah. I don't get I'm mad not, at me. I'm not judging you right now. <laughs> but no, so like my focus is just making sure I offer a wide variety of products that kind of show true to who I am. And when I start dealing with stuff that isn't like personal to me and what I don't have life experience with, I feel like I'm just faking the funk. I, listen, man, I try to be as honest and straightforward with my shit as possible. No, dude, you're, you're, for, you're 100% legit. Yeah. But I do have one other Caesar salad comment. Okay. It's one of my favorite foods because... Okay. 99% of the people in the world go, ew, anchovies, gross. And yeah. then and then I'll have the Caesar, please. <laughs> right. Or the same people that don't eat fish but enjoy eating like, you know, Asian inspired food that require like bonito or anything else with fish and they just suck it up even though they're like, oh, I hate fish. My sister-in-law once announced at my house on a Sunday eating Sunday sauce while eating meatballs, which she had eaten every Sunday for like years, announced that she doesn't eat pork and never has. <laughs> Oh, Christ. And I'm going, uh... This is who? This is my sister-in-law. Well, obviously, you got stuck with all the... This was a few years ago. (laughs) And I'm just going, I don't know how to tell you this, uh, Emma, but you've eaten pork here every Sunday. (laughs) Did you just, like, wreck her entire life? Was she, like, so disappointed herself? Yeah, she did. She stopped eating the meatball, right? (laughs) Ew. Ew. But spent her whole life eating it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's great. That's good stuff. You can't make that up. No. It's oh, we get those people all the time in the restaurants. You know how it is, though. Oh, I'm, I'm a vegetarian or I'm a vegan, but I want extra cheese. Like, well, you can't have cheese and it's not vegan cheese. <laughs> well, I can eat cheese. I'm like, well, you're not a vegan. You're a vegetarian? Well, no, I'm a vegan. I don't eat any meat products. I'm like, okay, butter, cheese, whatever. I'm just going to leave this alone. I'm going to give you what you want and send you on your way and it's going to be fantastic. All the time, man. Gluten-free, ready? I, when I first started oh. my business, I, I bartended for a little while okay. at Rubino's, and we had pizzas and stuff. Yep. I am deathly afraid. Uh, I'm deathly allergic to gluten. I cannot have any gluten. I need to know that everything is gluten. You know, so whatever. So I go to the back. Everything is separate. Yes, ma'am. We've used a separate pan to make sure that we've done your thing completely separately. We, did, we used a different type of this and that to make sure that everything is separate. Then literally like 10 minutes later, I see her take a bite of her husband's pizza. And I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, you can't. It's right. gluten. And she's like, I can have a little bit. And oh, like, yeah. You be fucking kidding me. Dude, you see that shit every day. <laughs> I mean, and people don't understand like if you're not prepared for it like it disrupts the flow it disrupts everything and we're more than one to do it because we really feel like anyone that comes to us with an allergy or a preference we try to accommodate for that that's our job yeah right we're supposed to cook and produce things that they don't do at their house while we're supposed to take care of them but then when you watch them just blatantly not give two shits you're just like (laughs) like that took an extra 15 minutes it made us back up this uh, tables check and then made us back up this one it's like all right you know what whatever yeah and you just go at it and you do it again the next day (laughs) and you just laugh but we probably got millions of stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. So it's birria? Birria? Yeah, birria? I'm not good Two with, R's? I'm not good with Spanish. Bir- I'm a Polish-Asian kid, man. I, my, my Spanish is horrible. You know, I, I would I would think it would be better spending all that time in Mexico, but is that that's not Spanish? Is you, it? No, no, you don't. You no. Listen, they they accommodate to us. They spoke a lot of English. Yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. You're like dos cervezas. Yeah, I'll get you a bucket of beer. Sounds good. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, have you ever looked into what it would cost to license just the get out with OPG? Yeah, you know me, dude. I couldn't even imagine. Like, I, I, I would love a- to check into that because like that was like one of the funniest things growing up was that there was a, a restaurant bar in my hometown called the Old Pueblo Grill. And everyone used to go there and drink on Friday and Saturday nights, and we called it OPG. It was just kind of one of those things that stuck. And so I was like, if I ever make 
like a taco place or whatever. I'm calling it OPG. Like, and all my, the partners are just like, OPG? I'm like, yeah, O Pueblo Grill. I'm like, you know, down with OPG. And they're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, me and my marketing guy were just like laughing. I'm like, dude, it's, it's great. That's what we're going to do. We're going to design like shirts off of it and whatever else. But, you know, we, I've done some, paid for some copyrights for like the logos and like the fonts and all that stuff. But that's next probably. I wonder what it would cost, because, I mean, you're right, it ain't cheap. Probably a couple grand, man. That shit is not cheap. No, yeah. no, but, I mean, but it, not that you need it. You know, you don't need it. But it would be, I mean, that would be a hell of a, that would be a hell of a hook, because everyone knows it. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. every time anyone says OPG, they're obviously thinking. But you know OPG. what? You say that you don't need it, but you'd be surprised on how many people want to jump on your tail feathers or jump on everyone else's tail to kind of make a name for themselves as well. Right. And so you, it's just protection. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and that's like the biggest thing that I've learned with the business is that no matter how much you think that, you know, you have a situation locked down, somebody else will always try to go in. Actually, it. let me ask you about that. So imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Sure. I've, I'll be honest with you. I have dealt with it once or twice yeah, myself. Does it really make you feel flattered? It pisses me off. Exactly. Yeah. So whoever coined that phrase was an idiot. Because you tell yourself, you go, well, imitate. And then, you, you know, and your wife says, do you, imitations? And then I'm going, yeah, no, this is just you. fucking copying. Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. This is just literally copying. Exactly. What, what, have you experienced that? And I'll be, we don't have to drop any names, but has, has someone come out and been like, oh, look at me. I'm going to do an OPG over here. Of course. It has happened? Well, I, mean, they, I not, never not heard like of it. Not like an OPG, so. but, you know, somebody will take an item and... And run with it and try to make it seem like it's their own. And, you know, I guess that's just the food industry. Look, I didn't I didn't create the burrito. I didn't create the chimichanga. Right. You know, we all do our part of, like, taking ideas and making it our own. And I feel the same way. I'm like, look, I wasn't, <laughs> believe it or not, was not the first person ever to put sauce in a bottle. I'm ruining not. my whole thought of you, man. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it ruins, it kind of ruins the backstory. <laughs> but someone else did it first. And so he, I think, what what business do I have then getting mad at someone who, but then but then it gets more a little more specific when it comes to Oh, absolutely, down to, absolutely. I mean, you can have the, you can use a similar product or, you know, do a similar dish. I mean, it is what it is, but when you try to like, go above and beyond to be so blatant that you didn't do any of the work yourself and you just wanted to take everything, then it's just like there's no flattery involved. That's just being a dick. I'm trying to think how I can do this without exposing anybody, but there's a story in Rochester. It's not my story to tell, so that's why I'm going to keep all the names out. I'll tell you the names after we turn okay, off the perfect. mics. That's the best. There was, there's a guy that has a restaurant near someone else who also has a restaurant, and they were not in competition with each other because they were two completely different cuisines. Okay. I mean, in one way, they're all everyone's in competition with everyone, but they weren't the same cuisine whatsoever. Yeah, it's not like two burger shops next to each no. other serving burgers. They right? were two very different cuisines. <laughs> And he tells me that the people from that restaurant all of a sudden start coming in every time he does his fried chicken special. They start coming in, and they order a ton, and they start bringing it back. And he was himself starting a fried chicken thing. And these other people... (laughs) Later, start a fried chicken thing. Oh, my God. And he's looking back going, wait a minute. They were basically just trying... I was doing the research for them. Yep. Motherfuckers. Yeah, dude. And you see that a lot. Uh-huh. You see, a, <clears throat> you see that a lot with a lot of people. You see them going and just taking their products, testing it out, see what happens. The next thing you know, a month later, they're doing it. And it's like, you know, that's cool. You want to just experience it and see what it's all about and just take the idea. But it's like people don't realize how much it takes to be creative. Yeah. yeah. And how to be like leading the way instead of just following the way. Yeah. Sometimes we lead, sometimes we follow. I get it. But you know what I mean? Like. Like you said, if it's so blatant, oh, sometimes it's just overly. Blatant. And I see it happen a lot, and I'm like, oh my god, if I was them, I'd be so pissed. I'd be like so pissed off. Who's awesome in Rochester? Who do you? Who are you a fan of? 
in the restaurant industry. Dude, to be honest, I'm friends and I'm a fan of a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I think Rochester has some great food. I think it's come a long way. And there's there's probably no limit to the people that I would support. Um, well, who, who, let me put it a different way then. When I'm around you and you're talking about food, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the presence of greatness. This is awesome. I'm oh, around Chef Joni's That's crazy, time. but I No, but I do that, believe yeah. it. Who does that to you? Who is it that when they're talking, you're like, oh my God, I'm in the presence of greatness right now? To be honest, I don't look at people like that. Okay. I, I really don't. Now, listen, I can appreciate there's a lot of good business owners out there and there's a lot of good food out there. I eat a lot of mom and pop places. I don't try to go to the big restaurants. And if I do, I go to next door. I'm not going to lie. I love what they got going on there. I feel like the quality of chefs there and the products they use are phenomenal. And so like me and the wifey want to go have a date or whatever, I prefer to go there. Because I know the service is good and the food's good. Yeah. If we're just doing normal takeout, man, I'll go everywhere and try to support. Like I'm friends with the chefs from all kinds of places. And we all communicate, A, looking for people or ideas or whatever it might be or help. Um, like, dude, if you haven't heard of Saucy Chef, have you been? Oh yeah, I've heard. I've never dude. not been, but I've heard. So She's... I don't go as often as I'd like to, but I still go because you can't eat her food. She's a freaking genius. And I'm going to give her a plug here because it's to me, it's just, she's smart. So she offers food that's kind of meant for stoners, man. Like she doesn't make normal food. She'll make like macaroni and cheese with like buffalo chicken fingers on top with drizzle. And dude, it's like five pounds of food. Oh, fuck. That okay? sounds amazing. She has this thing that I love, which is like the hibachi poppy. And it's like freaking her fried rice is phenomenal. And then like sausage steak shrimp peppers and she serves it with like chili crunch and a spicy mayo and it's five pounds of food dude phenomenal job okay she does a knock-up job and one of my old guys works for her and like he does nothing but says great things about her um and dude there's a lot of hype i mean dude you gotta call like 25 times in a row if you want to get through her phone line to order i was gonna say uh, now can i just let me point out the other side of this though the um so I have tried and I gave up, you know, like I've still yeah. never eaten her food because I, a couple times I tried and I just, I'm like, look, I'm sitting here going, look, I just, I don't have 20 minutes to invest. It's in something that you it. have to plan. You have to decide I'm going to eat it on Friday night and I'm going to sit here for an hour to call. Yeah. It's gotta be one of those things. Or you have to like have an in. I'm not going to lie. There's been a couple times where I've just kind of like, well, you got a guy, you already told hit us the DM and I'm like, Hey, can you get me in? And she's like, I'll, I'll take care of you. Yeah. Right, uh, right. you know, and uh, it's phenomenal. So I think where she does she thing. come from? What does she to be honest, I don't even know too much. So you I didn't know her personally. Trained. No, I didn't. I didn't know her. I think uh, Stephanie was the one who introduced her to me the first time. And Steph, my mother-in-law sip and Joanne. Sip and savor stuff. Yep. Yep. She yeah. I, she put posts up, and then I've like sent a lot of people her way because I'm just like, you got to get there, you got to try it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she definitely has recommended it. And dude, Stephanie's hooked me up with like, at least probably like four restaurants that I've gone to from yeah. her travels and her time to do. She's it. really good. Yeah. So and and Lynn Sriracha says. Yeah. She's like between the two of them, they've like basically taken half my salary of just takeout food. <laughs> I've gone to all their places they've tried, and you know I feel like they do a good job of uh, showcasing. So they really do. But yeah, so Saucy Chef, man, I go uh, Tie Me Up is a great place. I like to get takeout food from. That's Canandaigua. Is that no, or that's no? in Aronacoin, oh. actually. Oh, oh, I got the wrong one. Yep. Um, to, yeah. But there's like a lot of little places I go to. What is the Saucy Chef that she started in the pandemic, right? So she doesn't actually have a restaurant. So she does. I think she works like basically out of where the Sticky Lips is on Culver and oh. uh, Atlantic. Uh-huh. Um, she has a kitchen there and just does straight takeout. 
Holy fuck, that's crazy. Now that I remember, actually, I remember when Howie was trying to run out that kitchen. Yep. That's crazy. Well, so that's who went in there? Yeah. And so she's Damn. been there for two years, I think, now. Damn. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh I mean, it's, dude, it's such a fucking problem because she has like 30 cars in her park and like on yeah. the road parked and there's no parking ever. I mean, it, it's a pain in the ass. But like I said, it, it's good food. It's, uh, it's definitely not healthy. So let me get back to the whole point of her. So now she has, um, she does desserts ridiculous so she gets you fat right yeah and then now she has like this diet plan where she does prepared meals to get you skinny how oh, fucked br- up is that man? it's so brilliant yeah it's like <laughs> dealing you the drugs and then owning a freaking rehab center it's Dude. like let me get you fat and they get you skinny it's din- here's what you should have for dinner tonight, and now you're going to feel guilty, so here's your lunch for tomorrow. Right. Yeah, yeah dude. So she covers all angles. She has, like, three different things that she does out of that one place, and I'm sure they're all knock-up, man. I, like I said, I, I enjoy eating her food. Is, is What she does, is that this thing called a ghost kitchen? Is that what that is? Or is that I different? I don't even know what the hell the ghost kitchen is. So man. from what I understand, and you tell me because you know more than me, I, what I understand is a ghost kitchen is, let's say you got a kitchen at OPG, right? Yep. And you, it's Old Playable Grill. It's a restaurant. Everyone knows it. Let's say you suddenly decided, I'm going to start doing burgers and fries. You create basically a restaurant that isn't real, but you've got a menu. You throw it up on freaking DoorDash, and people order burgers and fries from, you know, Old Playboy really? B&F or something. And now you've got a second restaurant working out of your exact same kitchen. And it's not real. That's why it's called a ghost because you can't see it. It's not an actual restaurant. It's just a second menu that you're making out of your own kitchen anyway. That's what I understand it to be. Maybe I, some of them. That's crazy to me. I can't I, think about working it. out the logistics because of how busy we are. I can't imagine working out the logistics to make that happen. But what's funny is that when we started Old Pueblo, me and the marketing guy, Dude, we were making jokes that we should just keep on starting up restaurants that never open. Because <laughs> when we started Old Pueblo, we kept on like advertising for like three months. We were getting hate mail saying, if you send one more fucking picture to me, we're never coming there because this is all bullshit. You guys aren't real. And I was thinking like, man, because kept, things kept on getting pushed off on the, you know, the construction. You know, shit happens. Yeah, we were just talking about that. And uh, it's just funny me too. because like the whole time we're thinking like, how funny would it be to just create a concept and never open and just get all this hype and pictures and menus and bullshit about it. And then here people are actually doing a second secondary kitchen out of their own kitchen it's brilliant uh-huh never uh-huh. i've never thought about it to be honest i don't really have a thought on it. i think it's always great to do whatever you have to do to survive in this pandemic because it's real like it's crushing the industry it's crushing the mentality of the employees it's crushing opportunities for future to come it's it's really tough is it going to change is there going to be a new wild west now because everything got kind of flushed and and brought back down to zero, is there a chance now for people to get in? No, I feel like it's going to be the quite opposite. So you look at the Wild West, there's a bunch of hardworking, independent people who wanted to make a name for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now we got a bunch of not hardworking individuals who don't give a shit if they make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's a very different situation. Were you talking about people who'd rather stay home? Yeah. Their unemployment? I know good people that probably don't work anymore because they'd rather just do that because it's the same amount of money as if they go and dedicate, you know, 50 hours to somebody else. Yeah. And I respect it to a certain degree. But I also expect more from people. I mean, that's just who I am. I have too much expectations. That's why I'm constantly probably let down. But I think that, you know, it's hard for people to want to go to work to make less money and have to exert all that time and then not be away from their family. Yeah. It's like I understand, but I, I don't understand. Because, like, I need a purpose every day. I need a cause every day. I need to go, have a reason to get up, to go somewhere. Somebody needs me. Something needs me. And then I go home and I feel good about myself. Is it selfish? Sure. But I don't want to just 
lay idle. You know what I mean? And I think that's I the could, biggest I couldn't thing. imagine in a million years laying on my couch all day. I'm having <sighs> hernia surgery on June 17th. Doctor says two days in bed. I don't know how I'm going to do two days in bed. That's like the biggest fear is ever thinking that I have to stay in bed for two days. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't even stay asleep for more than four hours. What the hell am I going to do with the other freaking hours? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no way, man. Yeah. But no, it, it's tough, man. So I think that, you know, with the way that everything's going right now, it's really slowed the production for some and sped up for others. So like a lot of the big brands are doing really well and they're expanding and doing great things. Okay. McDonald's, Burger King, drive throughs They're crushing it, man. They're crushing it. Two o'clock in the afternoon, they got 30 cars wrapped around at a time that's an off-dining time. Okay, and you take around the hundreds of businesses that have closed their doors in Rochester. Because why? Well, because people are finding convenience in just doing a drive-through where they they feel safer, and they go with it. And it's, it's tough because we all see it as industry people, and it's like now we're trying to make ways for people to come to your place for the same price point. And well, we were fighting this fight before, weren't we? Saying, "Hey, spend your money on locally owned restaurants and not chains." Sure. Then the pandemic came through, and money started going back to chains. Not yep. that they were ever struggling for money, right? But some of that money that was up for grabs went right back to freaking Panera and Chipotle and McDonald's. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of other small local businesses that have done well. I'm sure, like a lot of the like pizza places have done phenomenal during the pandemic. I'm sure they've done better. But you know, like you're you're Middle range restaurants, you know, like say like for Nosh, you know, where it's dine in full service, it suffers, man. Yeah. Because it's tough because people don't have that ex- that income anymore to just do whatever with, and they don't have the convenience anymore of being able to like be gone from their work day, have a place to go to work, you know, pick up the kids later. It's like they're all at home together all day, so now it's like a whole different dynamics as far as family, as far as recreation time. It's just it's all changed. Let me end this because I know we gotta we gotta go. In the, yeah, so we got like two minutes left. So let me tell you a story about uh, something I saw online one time. Okay. That had to do with Nosh that was like soul crushing to me. So it's no, it nothing to do with Nosh. It was me. It was me. So I had just been in Nosh, and you guys at the time were doing a uh, uh, Polly Pizza. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, man. The Googs, bro. And you had maybe like four pizzas on your menu. Does that sound right? We always like have about four, yeah. Four, yeah. So this girl that I know is on is posts on Facebook and she writes we are at Nosh and the pizza's amazing. We ordered the we ordered all the ones that looked good and it was and I saw and it was a picture and it was all of them except for my Oh shit, really? <laughs> and for days I show people this I go, look, they her her thing something it was it said basically clearly we ordered every pizza that didn't look bad. Oh and then it was God. a picture of every pizza other than the one that was my, and I kept showing to people going, I'm so insulted by Oh my god! It's literally the only one they didn't order, dude. That's so funny. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. I'm though. sorry. And by the way, we should no. It's not your, I just no. Remember. I think it, I'm just sorry you had to go through that because you know that was one of our most popular pizzas that we were selling at the time. <laughs> well, it was like a meat lovers, wasn't it? Yeah, it I was mean, like a meat lovers. It's always yeah. gonna. I mean, and I think just... that that was hitting a lot of the people that didn't want to like go too far out of the box, and that's why we wanted to do. We wanted to make yeah. it the most selling because we were doing donations for charity. That's what I was just. Gonna and so say. it was like we wanted it to be more approachable for everyone instead of just a select few people that wanted to have like pureed beets on their pizza you know what i mean like yeah you guys gave away portions of those proceeds um to big brothers big sisters correct. which i am forever thankful not for. a problem we, we really doing. enjoy doing things like that for the community when we yeah. can you know yeah. what i mean it's it's tough right now obviously because the pandemic but of we course. try to always do what we can so anything we got to cover before we go i think we had a good time probably said a little more we had to but whatever. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we're good joe's only Arowski. you're the man all right Paul, thanks, thanks for, for having doing me. this bud appreciate it